everyone. Welcome back to But Why the Podcast. And today we're, oh, I don't even know how to introduce this. Should be a joke about fatalities. Okay, sorry. Today we're talking about Mortal Kombat. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. I know, I made the joke about making a joke about fatalities, but I can't think on my feet. Uh, but that's why CJ's here. So CJ, introduce yourself. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Collier Jennings. Most people call me CJ. I am a contributor for the site, and I am a lifelong Mortal Kombat fan. So, <laughs> yes. You guys picked the perfect episode for me to guest on. I know three things about, I guess four, Kaiju, Ultraman, Mortal Kombat, and Spider-Man. You forgot this Power Rangers. And Samurais. Yes. <laughs> and Power Rangers. All the cool things. Uh, but we're really excited to have you on um, because Mortal Kombat is something that I'm really familiar with, but not super ingrained in. So I'm really excited to have your knowledge, both as a fan and somebody who pretty much partakes in everything Mortal Kombat. Um, nice. So the first question is really just how familiar are all of y'all with Mortal Kombat? Um, just kind of getting a gauge of what pieces of Mortal Kombat you've interacted with and that kind of stuff. Um, start with Matt. Uh, yeah, so I watched the original two movies a long, long time ago. Um, the second one is terrible and an abomination. When I went back and tried to rewatch it, they don't hold up well at all. Um, obviously, I'm excited for the new movie, so I'll probably watch that. And then I, I meant to watch the animated movie, but I kind of forgot that that it came out because everything was going crazy. That was like just peak kinda, COVID. Yeah, yeah. It was like peak COVID or something just all came out. It's like, we forgot. I never got around to watching it. It just kind of slipped through there. As far as the games, I've, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I've never played them, but I haven't played them enough to say like, yeah, and I definitely never owned one. <laughs> they just kind of exist in a fear of like, as a kid, you always get to play some of them but I've never actually done much outside of that. <laughs> Adrian? Yeah, I've played uh, quite a few Mortal Kombat games. I think it probably starting back like in the old Peter Piper days, like when you would go and then you would just smash buttons and then like some 40-year-old man would come and like smash you and you'd be like, oh, okay, all right, my guy. I'm just <laughs> here to have a good time. Um, but I had, I'm trying to remember which Mortal Kombat game I had specifically like when I first started um getting the games because i did maybe armageddon maybe on like the original xbox i i don't i don't really remember too much but i had a few of the games they're fun to play i am of the mind that i did enjoy Mortal Kombat versus dc universe i had that one i think probably played that one the most um with my friends and obviously have seen the movies um which will you know i'm sure we'll talk about as being abominations and annihilations and all those things but um yeah pretty pretty familiar with with Mortal Kombat and kind of its backstory and things like that I'm probably not my favorite fighting game but definitely good times and good memories there playing with like the friends on the Xbox and things like that yeah for me Mortal Kombat something that I like visually and aesthetically but I'm a Tekken and Soul Cal person with like DOA up there so I've I'm not like the biggest Mortal Kombat person but God, I have seen that original movie so many times. And I think that that made me love Mortal Kombat. So like it wasn't about the game, but it was more about like the characters and the aesthetics behind them. Um, I've played quite a few. I suck at them. 
Um, not terribly great at Mortal Kombat. Um, but what I've really appreciated is it's honestly just all the character work. So that's kind of how familiar I am with them. Like I don't too much, I don't know too much lore or anything about it. I kind of just know like what I've taken in from osmosis and that when my cousins played it on the Nintendo, whatever, when I was little, that that's going to come back to haunt me. They always said I was, I liked Sindel because I had really, really long hair. So I'd whip it. And that's kind of my immersive experience with Mortal Kombat. (laughs) CJ? Okay, my experience with Mortal Kombat stretches back to my preteen years because every video game system I've ever had, I had a bunch of fighting games because I am the oldest of three siblings and my mom made sure that if we were going to play video games, we're going to play ones that we all could play. So that was fighting games. And I really got into Mortal Kombat. I think Deadly Alliance is the first one I ever played for the Xbox. And I really liked that one. And I really loved the gore and the violence and the fact that it had ninjas. As a child in the 90s, martial arts and ninjas were pretty much a component of everything I ever liked. So there you go. That sounds about right for all kids from the 90s. (laughs) Yes. I also was a huge fan of the first 1995 movie. I would watch it all the time, rent it from the library and watch it all the time. Only saw Annihilation once, and it was god-awful. Super hyped for this upcoming one this week because it looks so great. And I also have been following a lot of Mortal Kombat. I played Mortal Kombat 11 and reviewed it for the site and continue to play it with all the downloadable characters because they put Spawn and Robocop in there, which, again, two of my favorite characters. And uh, I watched the (laughs) Scorpion's Revenge anime movie, which was also great. And I think you would like it, Matt. So, yeah, I have Mortal Kombat has been a huge part of my life. And if you're listening to this, I will actually link all of CJ's reviews in the show notes because suffice to say, he's covered a lot of Mortal Kombat (laughs) for the site. Um, so yeah, we're going to jump into a brief history like we always do. Um, and obviously when we first started out, we had a Mortal Kombat episode, but we're just going to treat it like we haven't had one yet. Uh, cause I actually unsurfaced a lot of information, like a lot, because apparently the people who really love Mortal Kombat really keep detailed histories about Mortal Kombat, um, which was very interesting to me. Um, so Yeah. Mortal Kombat is an American media franchise centered on a series of video games originally developed by Midway Games back in 1992. It's one year younger than Kate. Um, The development of the first game was originally based on the idea that Ed Boon and John Tobias had to make a video game starring John Claude Van Damme, but the idea fell through and they wound up with a fantasy-themed fighting game instead because of how good Street Fighter was doing at the time. But they worked it in by making Jean-Claude Van Damme be Johnny Cage. And that explains everything. That explains explains so much. And I'm actually disappointed that I didn't get original just Jean-Claude Van Damme video game. (laughs) Now I'm disappointed of this entire franchise. That'd have been amazing. It could have been a Jean-Claude Van Damme The irony is not lost on me that he starred as Guile in Street Fighter as well. (laughs) Literally spawned another franchise and then went over to go play for another fighter franchise (laughs) um i will say this explains why i'm ridiculously attracted to johnny cage you'll probably hear me say that a couple more times i get it don't shame me um and yeah so 
beyond that, um, Ed Boon used his friends who were involved in martial arts to help him get the basis for the character designs. Um, oh wait, not uh, John Tobias. Sorry, John Tobias used his friends who were involved with martial arts to get the basis for all the character designs. Ed was the programmer. The third developer was John Vogel, who designed all the backgrounds, and then the fourth person was Don Forden, who rounded out for sound design. So the very first Mortal Kombat was made by four people. That's it. Um, the finding that out about games in the '90s that they're made by like four or five people. And nowadays we see like teams of like 150 or something. Yeah. And we'll get into it a little bit later, but one of the reasons they were able to do that many or do so much with the characters was because of a very simple fix in the game that also accommodated for memory size. Um, the original game has spawned many sequels, spinoffs, consisting of several um, action adventure games, comic series, bunch of movies, um, and the series has had a reputation for high levels of graphic violence, including the fatalities, which we'll get into later, as well as the controversies and the fact that the ESRB exists because of Mortal Kombat. Um, so the quick plot summary before we jump into the but why those, because Mortal Kombat has a plot, y'all. Um, and CJ, you can correct any of this uh, if I'm wrong. What, what, Matt? Are we just skipping what happened to Midway? Oh. Midway wait. no longer exists. Yeah, so I didn't put that in here because it was also very long. Uh, but Mortal Kombat's now made by NetherRealm Studios. Midway doesn't exist. Does even <laughs> NetherRealm even exist at this no, point? No, NetherRealm does exist. They are still doing Mortal Kombat. But WB Games, I think... I don't know if WB Games owns them, but they're the publisher. Okay. Uh, they don't own them, but they do publish them. And the Mortal, Mortal Kombat license does fall under Warner Brothers. So, yeah. Yeah. And Midway went belly up and bankrupt. So, as many game companies go, because I think now that is um, Core Designs doesn't exist from our Tomb Raider episodes. Squaresoft doesn't exist in that form anymore from our Final Fantasy episodes. And the only one that really does, I think, when we look back at the games is kind of just Nintendo, because even with the Dune games, like id Software exists, but it's pretty much just Bethesda. I mean, even a Hitman game we did doesn't exist. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I think they became the Enix part of Square. Square Enix. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I honestly didn't want to dive too much into there because there's just a lot with Mortal Kombat itself um, that y'all just need to know that if a game you loved in the 90s was made by a specific studio, chances are that studio doesn't exist anymore. Or just oh. a subsidiary. Yeah. Also, fun fact, Ed Boon is Cuban. So uh, Mortal Kombat was made by a Latino, which is great. Uh, that's like a, a nice little video game, a Latinx and gaming fact. Um, so quick plot summary. The first Mortal Kombat game takes place in Earth Realm. Earth, where seven different warriors with their own reasons for entering participated in a tournament with the eventual prize being the continued freedom of their realm threatened by the takeover by Outworld. That, Among was, the that was the most unenthusiastic intro I've ever heard of. <laughs> 
Among the warriors are Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, and Sonya Blade. With the help of the Thunder God Raiden, the Earthrealm warriors were victorious, and Liu Kang began the new champion of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 2, unable to deal with the minions, uh, Shang Tsung's failure, Outworld Emperor Shao Kahn lures the Earthrealm warriors to the Outworld, where the Earthrealm warriors eventually defeat Shao Kahn. Mortal Kombat 3, Shao Kahn revives Adenia's now a part of Outworld Domain from the former Queen Sindel in Earthrealm, combining it with Outworld as well, and then attempts to invade Earthrealm, uh, but is ultimately defeated by the Earthrealm warriors again. After Khan's defeat, Adenia was freed from Khan's grasp and returned to a peaceful realm ruled by Princess Katana. The following game, Mortal Kombat 4, features the former elder god Chinook attempting to conquer the realms and attempting to kill the thunder god Raiden, but is defeated by Earthrealm warriors. So CJ, I'm assuming that all the stories in each of these games is somebody from Outworld tries to take on the Earthrealm and then Earthrealm warriors win. Pretty much, yeah. It's just <laughs> like, Shao, Shao Kahn is a stubborn SOB. I'll give him that. And so, yeah, yeah. So one of the questions I actually have for you as somebody who's like played so much and is really in love with the franchise. Cause for me, when I jump in, like I go and I play a multiplayer match or I just play, like I, I'm just there to play the fighter. Um, mm -hmm. For you, do are you really ingrained in like the stories for Mortal Kombat? And like, do you kind of like see that as like a really big part of it? Honestly, I do see it like, yeah, because well, Later on, the story kind of starts to get more complex and deeper. The first four stories it has a basic, you know, tournament set up. You know, bad guys want to invade Earth, good guys stop them, etc. And when it gets into later stuff, like with Deadly Alliance, which is when they shook things up by uh, killing Liu Kang, and then uh, Mortal Kombat the Nine, which essentially reboots the franchise via time travel because again that's how why not, well, why not? <laughs> if i figured they they thought they saw, probably saw how it worked for jj abrams star trek i thought why not but yes the story gets a little more complex as it goes on and of course there's all the different relationships you have you know sonia blade and johnny cage two people who are going to be more different but end up getting together and actually having a daughter and you have of course the rivalry between sub-zero and scorpion with the, the first Sub-Zero dying and becoming the new Cybot and uh, his brother taking up his place as Sub-Zero. So there's that legacy aspect and yeah. So why, is this, so why is this just a fighter game at, at this point? I feel like I got so much story and so many characters that I'm understanding like, why are they just fighting? It's <laughs> my action adventure game. They've tried branching out into action adventure. It's had mixed results, but I do think that with the right thing, like a Mortal Kombat RPG could be awesome. Honestly, it sounds like a Mortal Kombat RPG would be dope. It, would. it really would. I would love it. <laughs> I would play it. I would. No, it. nobody can see it because this is an audio podcast. But CJ smiling real big. <laughs> yeah. Adrian just walked in the void with river bats and throwing me <laughs> off, man. Oh, my bad. Let me take it out. Sorry. Dude, I went like directly from a work meeting into this and I forgot to change my background. I'm just keep looking at you like Adrian's just gonna away. <laughs> uh no, but the I think I think that's where I got more into it is is that reboot where they kind of did all the reboot stuff. And that the story wasn't, I mean, I don't know. 
maybe Mortal Kombat people have different opinions here, but I kind of like the story in uh in in the reboot when we're getting like I don't usually like when they do like oh here are these people's kids enjoy them, but I thought that we were written kind of cool and that timeline stuff worked. I thought it worked well for them. I haven't played the latest one, but I thought I thought it worked pretty well. An action adventure yeah. would be dope. What was the name of that action adventure game that was kind of like Mortal Kombat? Where you like made like your own fighter from like the 360? Um, Man, oh, no idea. I mean, Soul Cal had on. you make your own fighter, but that was just a fighter. Yeah, well, it was more like an action RPG. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll interject later with it. That's what I'm saying, because I've always heard the story's interesting, but it also never made sense to me because I'm like, it's just a fighter game. Yeah, but there's also, like a... Oh, go ahead, CJ. Yeah, there's like a once you get deep into it, you learn that there's actually a story behind the murder karate tournament, and you're like, oh, neat. <laughs> I guess it also makes sense too, from like uh, as we get into the but why those why there is actually a lot of different media properties associated with Mortal Kombat because there is a lot of lore and worlds to go off of. That's what I'm saying. Like I hate fighters, and that's why I never play this. But the, actually, how they've all built stuff out has always intrigued me, and that's why I'm like, I don't care about your fighting tournament. Can you give me something else? <laughs> no, my. God. Um, so if there aren't any other questions or comments, and if Adrian hasn't found the name of that action RPG where you can create a fighter, um, we'll move into the But Why Those. And the first But Why Though is iconic characters, because I feel like even if you haven't played the game, most people know who Scorpion and Sub-Zero are, or at yes. least have some favorite Mortal Kombat character that they can kind of tie to. My mom even knows Mortal Kombat characters. Um, my dad makes get over here jokes like that. Then my dad's never played a video game outside of Madden and NCAA in his entire life. Um, well, and Rock Band. He did play Rock Band. Anyway. Your dad's um, got an excellent choice of video <laughs> games right now. Top tier. Um, so Johnny Cage. Um, he is obviously the Van Damme tribute. Um, and even in the first game, he actually wears a costume that is inspired by Frank Dukes's in Bloodsport. I'm so disappointed just now learning this. Van Damme is great. I never even, because I didn't know the whole thing. And obviously Bloodsport is amazing. The 19, when, now that's not confusing. When people, I say Bloodsport, people think it's something different now. I, I will say uh, this makes the characterization of Johnny Cage make so much more sense in the movie. Um, but yes, also splits. Uh, Raiden uh, is based on the lightning character from Big Trouble in Little China. Liu Kang is pretty much just Bruce Lee, um, as many fighters had. Uh, Tekken had its own as well. Um, and then uh, Kano was influenced by the Terminator 2. Uh, and then... <laughs> My favorite, my girl Sonya Blade exists because the CEO said they needed a female character. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, Very good for much, them. Yeah. Good for them. I believe she's also inspired by Cynthia Rock Rock Rothrock. Partly Who's that? so. Uh Cynthia Rockrock. Let me look that up. Also, it's funny because uh, hearing all the inspirations, it's funny nowadays when people, because like CJ, he's excited when they get RoboCop and Terminator and all the stuff in the new game. But the amount of people who like go, eh, why can't we get new stuff? And I'm like, I clearly y'all did not know where all these characters came from, uh -huh. of why they're determined to get these old licensed characters. In yeah. their game. Cynthia Rock Rock is an American martial artist and actress and uh, 
a lot of mar- martial arts films. Oh, like, dope. Yep. So the martial arts kid, her she was in Hercules, the legendary journeys. Uh yeah, a lot of uh B movies, but Oh, yeah. I looked her up. I know this face, or at least the the younger version. I or like her when she's young. I, I've seen her. <laughs> um and then finally, Sub Zero and Scorpion, who were made because they were running out of memory and they couldn't <laughs> make faces. <laughs> and they're the exact same character. And this is where you get the palette swap. Um, so these two are actually two of the most popular characters in yes. the entire franchise. Um, but the interesting thing here is when we think about all the characters of Mortal Kombat has, uh, Melina Katana also fallen here, they are just different colors. That's all it is. One is ink and one is blue and one is <laughs> blue and one is yellow and the early mortal Kombat games were known for their extensive use of palette swapping and this is the practice specifically of recoloring certain sprites to make them appear as different characters which was used for all the ninja characters in the game in fact the most popular characters were just those simple palette swaps in the first game the male ninja fighters were essentially the same character with the fight with the colors changed and the fighting stance slightly different as well as special uh, special techniques that marked the difference. So one is Scorpion and one is Sub-Zero. So obviously Ice and whatever. Is there a, what's the actual name? Is CJ, is there a name for the thing that comes out of Scorpion's hand? Yes, it is. His uh, weapon is a kunai. Okay. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. It, which, yeah. Much like uh, Michelangelo's nunchucks, it was a gardening tool that a lot of westerners saw and thought oh this was make much more sense as a ninja weapon because that's amazing yeah so so, yeah. so we also apparently in the un uh the unpopular but also seem to be color swap of reptile which has not been mentioned yet yeah I wasn't oh yeah mention reptile, reptile or is smoke. the first secret fighter and as you can guess he is a reptilian-esque ninja who spits acid at people and was really is notorious for being one of the hardest characters to beat. I just know when I was playing Mortal Kombat, I just switched between those three, and I had no idea what I did, and I lost, but I got to play a random ninja colored. Yep. <laughs> um, eventually, uh, Mortal Kombat 4 ended up bringing 3D series, which replaced digitized fighters with more polygon models, and this led to more variances between them versus just the palette swaps but the fact uh one of the really cool things with the characters is that you're able to have so many characters because you kind of ingrain the color with everything that you can have such a large roster instead of something like street fighter where everything is hand drawn and you have to make them very different um so it's kind of like a lazy way but also a very practical way when you think about it because they kind of made the foundation and now as Mortal Kombat has gone on, these are very different characters and they do look different from each other now. Um, and so, yeah, who's your favorite characters and why? That's That was something that I wanted to ask. And I can go first, Sonya because of the movie, but then I realized she's kind of boring. Uh, so I'm usually a Katana or Melina person whenever I did, I do play the game. 
Um, also, fun fact, the katana in, I'm just going to talk about all the different Latinx folks involved in Mortal Kombat. The katana in the first movie is Puerto Rican. So <laughs> for a while there, katana was Puerto Rican. <laughs> uh, I already Matt? said, oh, yeah, you um, said, I already said basically I played switch between Reptile, Sub-Zero, and Scorpion. And they're all about the same looking thing. And I sucked at all of them. Yeah, I play Sub-Zero in like almost every one of the games, like mainly because his moveset doesn't change. Um, and there's just something like very visceral about hitting people with an ice hammer and like an ice sword and, and things like that. So uh, him mainly is who, is who I played. And I kind of like his story and his background. And that's why I'm really excited about this new movie since he's one of like the, the bigger focuses. Um, I guess technically, I guess I would say the character I made, I, fi I figured out where that thing in my brain was. It was in Mortal Kombat Deception. There was a conquest mode with a K uh, where you would go in and like make your own fighter and like do your move list. And it was kind of like an RPG, but you would still like learn how to fight from like the people in the game. So kind of RPG, -y, kind of. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I, I thought. I was thinking of Jade Empire, but wasn't Jade Empire? But yeah, Mortal Kombat Decision has Conquest, kind of has something like an RPG. But I don't know if they've done anything like that since then, because that was like yeah. what two thousand two or something like that. Huh. Uh, but Sub Zero is my man. I slide, I slide, uppercut. <laughs> CJ, mine is probably Sub Zero as well because the idea of hitting people with ice is awesome. And he had the most creative fatalities, you know, freezing somebody. So that and yanking I will him. say, yeah, Sub Zero had the best fatalities. I would also, I also love Liu Kang because of the bicycle kick. If you ever, <laughs> I know people talk about how annoying this is, but I love to spam that move to win. Just get somebody up against the corner and just have them <laughs> completely kick them until they last the on health. So yeah. That was fun. So Sub-Zero and Liu Kang were my guys. And like, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Um, I feel like one, we just proved that the generic stock palette switch characters are the most famous and fan <laughs> favorites. But also, um, I, 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 I don't play fighters as guys. So that's why I never played them. I mean, theoretically, neither did we. We just played random creatures. Yeah. This is fair. That's fair. Well, is are they not? They're human. Uh, Reptiles well, not. Other realm thing. I don't know. Out I don't know a human that's pulling like ice out of his hand. Sub Zero that's is human, but with uh, magic powers. The scorpion is a hell spawn. Reptile is a ninja. Smoke is magic. Noob Cybot is dead. <laughs> and uh cyrax is a robot so yeah sub-zero is the only human dude <laughs> that makes sense yeah now that i'm thinking about it i think i just picked the guys who had like the coolest uh who coolest the moves. Coolest? that's all i did i mean yeah because i'm thinking about kenshi and like what's cooler than like some dude throwing a sword and like making demon things hit you like from across the map like that's just like cool stuff yeah. yeah, I guess when you look at it, the, the other people, like the Earthrealm characters are pretty boring. They are. Yeah. 
I want to like Jax, but like there's only so much you can do with metal arms for to do cool fatalities. Like, like you're just gonna punch stuff. Like yeah. can't manifest Jax, anything. Jax and Liu Kang are pretty much the only two human characters I really got to. Liu Kang because of the whole again bicycle kick and summoning fire, and Jax as he goes on, he gets actual weapons in his metal arms like uh, electricity and thunder blasts and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome. Which I'm hoping for this new movie, he just like has guns in his arms or something. Like he just whips out guns and starts blowing somebody to pieces. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Cage, doesn't he just rack people? He has this technique where he is able to project <laughs> his technique. soul out of his... He, <laughs> it's a martial arts video game. Every, there's always some sort of secret technique. He can literally project his soul out of his body and hit people with it. Yeah, like people the, were definitely just gonna nut punch over and over with. with yeah, Johnny I was Cage. like, I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm just. <laughs> He's basically a WWE character, essentially. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The testicular abuse was strong with Johnny Cage players. Yeah. <laughs> and Melina, Melina, and Katana. Katana is a human, right? And Melina isn't. Katana is human. Melina is a mix, as a dark magic mix of. Katana's DNA and uh, the tar- Tarkatan, the same race that Baraka yeah. is from. Hence why her, she has the whole sharp teeth thing. Yeah. So, I yeah. personally like them both because I like playing sexy fighters that kick the crap out of people. And they have, and I also liked the, the knife fans because those are cool. Yes, those are <laughs> awesome. Plus the sibling rivalry kind of makes Katana and Milena's Congressman Williams rightfully is up there with you know Sub Zero and Scorpion, so that was always fun. Yeah, I just remember how much I loved Sonya Blade from the movie, and I think that's really the only reason Sonya comes up on things is because I just really like her and liked her in the movie, even though she's kind of a boring character <laughs> overall. Um, but yeah, so the next part is gameplay. Um, so. The, the reason I'm talking about this here kind of comes out directly from characters is that Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat used digitized sprites from photographs of actual actors um, when other games were using 2D hand-drawn graphics um, or hand-drawn or just animated graphics. So um, the cool thing here is that essentially they would have actors come into a studio and act out actual martial arts moves. They would then take those images, digitize them, and then make them move in the game. Um, and so that gave it its unique um, its unique aesthetic that was very different and really renowned from the games at the time and kind of gave it a leg up. Additionally, fun fact for gameplay, Mortal Kombat is the first fighting game to introduce a secret fighter um, if you reach the player fulfilled set of requirements. Um, So that didn't come around until this. And now it's a thing that happens in every game. Um, Well, mostly every fighter. Um, Now, we can't talk about Mortal Kombat without talking about fatalities. And fatalities are the finishing moves that allow the victorious characters to end a match in a special way by murdering their defeated defenseless opponents in a gruesome manner, usually in the predefined ways exclusive for the given character. The only exception is that in Mortal Kombat Armageddon, uh, there was a feature called Create a Fatality, allowing players to perform their own fatalities by conducting a series of violence moves chosen from a pool that is common from all characters. Um, So do y'all have a favorite uh, fatality? think i ever was good enough to get one of those no i've never made a fatality in my life 
Never. I don't know those button combinations. I did a killer instinct plenty of times with the 27 hit things, but I could never do a, a fatality. And obviously I think the uh, the newer games, they're still like, it's still record hard, but don't they make it a lot easier to do if I remember correctly? Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah it's like the brutalities and stuff that are harder to do. Cause you have to like meet certain requirements, like in the actual match for you to be able to do those. But just like the normal kind of fatalities are. Because I don't think that was always like that, if I remember correctly. The older game, didn't you have to, like, actually know the codes have to do that? Yeah. Mm Okay. Yeah. My favorite fatality is uh, Sub-Zero freezing somebody, then ripping their head straight off. Can't go wrong with the classics. And uh, um, who who else? What is another one? Oh, Goro's, Goro's classic, grabbing everybody with his forearms and ripping them in four parts. That's another good one. I like the nut punch. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It is funny. (laughs) Oh, but no, I I do think Sub-Zero has the most iconic one overall, though. Yeah, like like what? I I don't even know if I like what my favorite one is. Whatever one I could do to, like, make ice come out of people. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, I I enjoy, like, the x-ray stuff, too. It's just... I don't know how there's like one extra like where he reaches in and like grabs like your stomach and like pulls it out and like makes like an ice spear kind of like how in in, in the Mortal Kombat trailer and then like shoves it into your face. And that's just like an x-ray move in the thing. Like, how are you alive? Like, how are you still fighting me after I ripped out your stomach? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. There's anything Sub-Zero, any of his fatalities are probably going to be my favorite. Yeah, which I think honestly is like one of the things that Mortal Kombat has done really well with its gameplay is like not only have fatalities been a mainstay, but they found ways to develop them and showcase them in different ways. Granted, I feel like you could, I feel like with fatalities, you could still do the same ones over and over again and people wouldn't be tired of it. Um, (laughs) If we're completely honest. Um, Other finishing moves in the various Mortal Kombat games include animalities, which was introduced in Mortal Kombat 3, turning a victor into an animal to violently finish off the opponent. Brutality, which was also introduced, which was introduced in Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, which is bashing an opponent into pieces with a long combo of hits and stage fatalities and death traps introduced in the original Mortal Kombat pit stage where the victor can uppercut their opponent off the platform and into a bed of spikes below and later made more difficult in Mortal Kombat 2 requiring specific and different button sequences to be pressed. See, I did that one. Parts of center stages. I did that one because you just had an uppercut and that was easy to do. I think that like, I think, so I think these are something that I really like because I like, um, I like stages that you can interact with in fighter game, in fighting games in general. Um, and they are easier to get. Cause again, I've never gotten a fatality ever. Um, and if I did, it was a mistake. It wasn't purposeful. <laughs> Um, Mortal Kombat Deception added the Harakiri, a self-fatality allowing the losers to engage in a suicidal finishing move, enabling a a possible race between both players to see if the winning player can finish off the losing player before the losing character can kill him or herself first. I actually think that's kind of cool because like the fatality is like it takes a while, it takes a little bit to get there. And if you can steal away that joy from someone. You don't deserve that. That is terrible. But you could steal the joy away. No, you don't deserve the joy. You lost. (laughs) 
Um, and of course, there are also non-violent finishing moves in the series called friendship moves were introduced in Mortal Kombat 2, resulting in displays of friendship towards the enemy instead of slaughter, which were comic which were made as a comical response to all of the uh, court cases and angry parents. And then you had the terrible looking dumb ones from the DC one, which because that's like the only one that's not rated uh, M or something. Wait, what? The DC versus Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they, the they, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. There is the only Mortal Kombat game without fatalities because nobody DC. wanted to see, uh, what's it called? Superheroes killing. Yep. Yeah, that's why the game got ripped a lot because they basically removed all the core essence that people loved about Mortal Kombat. Well, then. I mean, they were were in there. They just weren't as, like, 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 Scorpion still definitely melted somebody. Only the villains (laughs) and Mortal Kombat uh, characters could commit fatalities now that I think about it. Wait, I wanted so, Superman so to bright could... burn somebody. That's all you needed. <laughs> so you could watch a superhero be the victim of fatality, but you couldn't do a fatality with your hero? Yes, you can watch Deathstroke slice off Green Lantern's head, but Green Lantern is not allowed to, you know. I, I got to double check this because I played a lot of that game. I've definitely done like some fatalities in that game, like 100%. Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. There Heroes were fatal- can't do them. Villains and Mortal Kombat characters can't. Because huh. Liu Kang definitely smashed my face multiple times in this game. That's interesting. That's a very uh, moral stance that they're taking there. Yeah. <laughs> they call them heroic brutalities. Heroic brutality. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and from these lovely, lovely displays of violence that are fan favorites, we have the biggest impact of Mortal Kombat, the ESRB. Because that happened um so we're gonna lead with the court cases uh with the introduction because this is the thing sometimes when there are controversies around the game maybe one or two people get mad and nothing really events out of it there were so many court cases and so many issues that the supreme court actually had to rule on mortal Kombat, um which is interesting um so With the introduction of fatalities, you saw outraged media and a moral panic from the religious right and family organizations, which resulted in congressional hearings. Mortal Kombat tried to avoid this by making the blood green in a Nintendo release, but the red blood release with Sega meant that it wasn't able to avoid anything. In 1993, there was congressional hearing about video game violence. Senator Herb Cole played clips mainly from Mortal Kombat and Night Trap, which we're not going to talk about. Uh, It's bad. Uh, To prove that the government needed to regulate video game content. Senator Joe Lieberman also criticized Mortal Kombat's television advertisements, referencing one of Sega's commercials for the game. He argued that the ad itself promoted violence. As the video, quote unquote, shows a boy gaining the respect of his friends after winning Mortal Kombat. At the end of the commercial, the boy angrily knocks over a tray of cookies given to him by friends, now frightened by the boy's fighting ability. The boy roars, I said I want chocolate chip. I love that commercial. (laughs) Uh, In order to avoid censorship, 
a coalition of game publishers presented the congressional hearing with the proposition of the Entertainment Software Ratings Board, which would be a voluntary industry-wide standard for age ratings. This happened because when Nintendo would, uh, Nintendo said that Mortal Kombat was for all ages and Sega said that it was mature 13 plus. Um, so essentially in order to curtail any individual responsibility, this is one incidence where the gaming industry decided to work in unison and end up stopping. So I said earlier, the Supreme Court didn't rule on it. Congress ruled on it. And instead of going to the Supreme Court with more appeals and cases, video games actually decided to work together and stop government oversight. Um, in 1984, Lieberman, as a result of the hearings, introduced the Video Game Ratings Act of 1994, which sought to establish a federal commission to create an industry-wide standard for ratings. It was understood that the law would not be passed if the games industry came up with the entire, entire voluntary system of its own, which it did. And this also led to the Interactive Digital Software Associations, now ESA, um, to exist. But those weren't the only things. There was also legislation in other countries and in states. So in 1985, Australia, um, uh, Australia used Mortal Kombat 1, Time Killers, and Night Trap and the media coverage around it to introduce a classification board. In 2011, Mortal Kombat was banned because of its explicit depictions of dismemberment, decapitation, disembowelment, and other brutal forms of slaughter. The appeals from Warner Brothers Interactive were denied by Australian courts, and in 2013, they eventually overturned the ban and issued an adult-only rating system, re-rating the game to R18+, uncensored. In 1998, Florida claiming that video game violence has damaged the moral fiber of America's youth and were uh, and were an instruction for murder and mayhem, ended up getting the support from their governor, professors, and state congress, as well as the PTA and Christian Coalition of America. After watching gameplay, the bill was unanimously passed. Interacted, the IDSA fought against the law as unconstitutional and as a First Amendment violation, which I believe it won. And then in 2005, California, their ban passed on a on selling violent video games to minors, um, which was uh, channeled by Schwarzenegger. In 2011, the Supreme, the Supreme Court case Brown versus Entertainment Merchants Association, the ban was struck down in a 7-2 vote that and ruled it unconstitutional. The majority opinion read, reading Dante is unquestionably more cultured and intellectually edifying than playing Mortal Kombat. But these cultural and intellectual differences are not constitutional ones. Crudely violent video games, tawdry TV shows, and cheap novels and magazines are no less forms of speech than the divine comedy and restrictions upon them must survive strict scrutiny. The best thing I think is Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan said, Mortal Kombat is an iconic game, which I'm sure half of the clerks who work for us have spent considerable amount of time playing in their adolescence. Um, and yes, it also holds the record for the earliest censored po poster um, in Britain in 2003. Out of all of the controversy and the lasting impact that Mortal Kombat has left on games by giving us the ESRB, which for better or worse exists, um, also fun fact, you can get uh, fired at GameStop for selling people things um, when they're not at 18. 
for mature titles. The funny thing is how much they didn't actually enforce that until like later. Yeah. Um, so like when I was there, and I think it's because of, because this entire conversation comes up again in gaming with Grand Theft Auto. And so after Grand Theft Auto, you end up having a lot of directives from GameStop as a company and managers actually enforcing well, it a lot more. Because what happened too was when you go through the, especially like the great old, the good old days of Walmart, um, and what, especially when it didn't involve, like basically one, the SRB was ignored. And two, you could usually get the games at least a day or two early because they never actually abided by release dates. And so between obviously release dates was a whole other topic, but the same sense of it, essentially uh, companies um, like GameStop, Walmart, and all the generic thing never actually abided by any of these rules for the longest time. And it does it gets back to, like I said, Grand Theft Auto comes back up to where it actually starts coming into play. And they're like, oh, we're going to start finding you. Yep. Um, Because they said, essentially, they don't blame the parent or the child, they blame the company, which is interesting. And so there were many times where, like, I think, I think my one where I got warned was Duke Nukem, the new, like, Duke Nukem Forever, that came out and a parent was dead set on buying it for their child. And I said, you, you shouldn't, sir. This is, this is not okay for your 10 year old who can't even see over the over the counter and he was like why not and I was like you do sexual things in it and he was like he doesn't know what it is and my manager was like we can't we can't sell this game like why like what are we gonna do um but that was that was a whole thing um but since I've essentially flipped Matt's entire version of his notes the final but why though which has like different sub but why those is that Mortal Kombat is a very successful franchise um, so there are 23 games total across all platforms, uh, including arcades. Um, Mortal Kombat has been one of the most successful fighting game franchises in history, previously only trailing behind Tekken and Street Fighter. As of 2020, it, it surpassed both Tekken and Street Fighter worldwide in worldwide lifetime franchise sales. Um, so Super, Super Smash Brothers is still the first. Dragon Ball is the second weebs i guess and then mortal kombat is third with tekken fourth and street fighter fifth actually a weird it's a weird spread i don't understand it because it's also weird when it comes to like which i'm assuming we'll talk about esports in a little bit of how it's almost not quite the opposite but feels like it even though like smash is big but like nintendo refuses to like or it because they don't believe it's yeah. competitive versus street fighter Anyways. so one one of the things that's really interesting is a lot of the money that propels mortal Kombat to success is american money which is something that you don't usually see in games it's usually in the asian market um that you find that type of success um but it's different with mortal Kombat. um so uh, mortal Kombat generated more than four billion dollars by late by the late 1990s and 5 billion in total revenue by uh, 2000. And this is not, this is everything, not just the video games. A particularly successful game, um, Mortal Kombat 2, which had unprecedented opening week sales figures never seen before in the video game industry for the first time beating the box office numbers of summer hit films. So the game sold more than movies, which is a lot. Um, the Mortal Kombat games, however, have sold poorly in Japan, and a lot of this um, is proposed because it's like a very, very American product. 
um, the mechanics of Mortal Kombat are extremely different than something like Street Fighter and Tekken. Um, obviously, all of the American references used to ground the characters. Um, and it's just kind of built for Americans, um, which is really interesting when you think about it, when when you actually look at like the fighting market, um, even just in those top five, but like the other top fighters, Soul Cow or top fighter, but like, you know, important fighters like DOA, Soul Cow, like those things are also Japanese products. Um, so it's like the little American engine that could in video gaming. <laughs> You think it has anything to do with the game just being easier to play than like a Tekken Street Fighter or even like a Dead or Alive game? I don't know, honestly. So as uh, a person because... who doesn't play any of them, how difficult is the high end? Because to me, playing a Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter, there is no difference. Yeah, I so I would like was... to think they're different. So I'm not I saying want... they're not. I don't have enough experience. So to I don't even think that I can answer that because Mortal Kombat for me is harder to play because so because uh, Tekken you can get away with quite a bit of button mashing. Street Fighter has the same move combos with a uh, sweep stick and then combination of characters. Mortal Kombat actually has more detailed button sequences and moves. From from like my yes. personal opinion, it's one of the reasons why I don't like it because I feel like I'm doing too much work. Um, and then like smash is you can smash smash and you're pretty fine. Um, so I don't know because um, I actually thought it was more difficult. I could be completely wrong on that, though. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think back to like, you know, like playing like Killer Instinct and things like that. They just felt harder because they the move combinations were harder to do um, in terms of like your special moves and stuff. Like that's the thing that Mortal Kombat are super easy to do compared to like street. Oh, good. I was gonna say Killer Instinct, at least the original one. I love that game. And I thought the moves were relatively easy to learn, but then uh, again, the, I had the, to... the new, the new one, like the console ones, like much harder. Yo, no, the newer one. I couldn't yeah. pass but the tutorial isn't, and that's why. Isn't Killer that. Instinct <laughs> also, like, too. Ridiculous. Isn't Killer Instinct also an American game? I believe so. I believe so. Let me see. Yeah, I think it's one of the few American fighters. That's the only fighter yeah. I ever played, but I only played the original, so I was excited when it you came what, back. You know what I think? I think it, it might be, I don't attribute people getting like yep. the big... It was uh, created by Rare and published by Midway. Yeah. yeah. Midway. I, I think that what makes I attribute so to much sense, actually. <laughs> when I'm looking at like competitions and stuff and like people who are very serious in like the fighting games, I don't see anyone getting like those big uh, arcade controller things to play mortal Kombat, so i think i i just in my brain i associate that to being like oh yeah that must be that must be legit if you're having to get like a whole other controller type to play this game i don't know maybe i could have passed the damn tutorial <laughs> so i actually wonder if that just comes down to support though adrian because the arcade and the joy and the joy pads have been really heavily supported in street fighter tekken and everything that comes out of japan so i wonder if that really is just like a support like when they build out those games, they're thinking about those versus Mortal Kombat has really shifted from arcade focus into consoles in a very different way, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll look into it as you keep going. I'm, I'm sure someone has to have like a. There, ha there has know, to be like an actual breakdown of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look at it. Like for I'm me, curious. like Street Fighter is extremely easy. It's also like one of the reasons why like Marvel versus Capcom is really easy. All the almost all the moves are variants variances on rolling the stick one way and selecting a button additionally versus all of the Mortal Kombat moves are pretty you, you can't button mash in Mortal Kombat. 
You have to press cannot. a certain thing of uh, buttons, string of buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Soul Cal is the easiest to button mash in. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot, has a lot to do with the eight way movement. Um, but yeah, so that is a thing, but I, I hope you research because I want to know because <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm just dumb. Um, so Mortal Kombat games have sold more than 6 million units by 1994 and 26 million by 2007. And the figure exceeded uh, 30 million by 2012. As of 2020, the franchise had sold uh, 54 million units, um, which that's what puts it at third place. Um, three you million know, above. Sucks, by the way, mm. since this, since we are in my favorite in my what I'm known for, but why though the fact that one early '90s trying to find unit things is hard in general, and now the fact we got Game Pass and all this other stuff, I'm never going to be able to find units as we move forward. Oh yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong at all. Um, so in 2008, um, Guinness Book of World Records Gamer Editions awarded Mortal Kombat a series with seven world records, including most successful fighting game series. The franchise holds 10 world records in the 2011 Guinness Book of World Records Gamers Edition, including the largest promotional campaign for a fighting video game for Mortal Kombat 3, highest grossing film based on a beat-em-up video game that's reaching 1996, and most successful video game spinoff soundtrack album, Mortal Kombat Original Motion Picture Soundtrack, which I understand because it's That soundtrack's great. (laughs) That soundtrack is amazing. That slaps. Like I, when I think of iconic video game music and iconic music in general, it that that I'm not going to scream Mortal Kombat, but yeah, um, not uh, lamb, not ancient lamentations. Um, so uh, now we're going into the fact that I would respect Zack Snyder a lot more if the Mortal Kombat theme was playing when Wonder Woman entered. You know what? I would too. I would too. <laughs> um, so no, no. what? Okay, but then that would go. Then that would make her brutal and go against what Gal Gadot supposedly wanted. Even though she, even though Wonder Woman get ten times more brutal and yeah, <laughs> she, she pulls on the fatality alone. <laughs> I know she fatality's a poor little bank robber. Yeah, she has her own theme music too. That's pretty much like what would probably be playing if she was doing that in a video game. Not wrong. <laughs> he eviscerated somebody. Yeah, kicked his head. No, Matt, to eviscerate somebody that ha- there has to be something left. There was a hat. Person. There was a hat. <laughs> One of the other reasons why it's really successful is it has a whole bunch of live action stuff. Uh, so Mortal Kombat was adapted into two motion pictures, Mortal Kombat 1995 and Mortal Kombat 19, uh, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation in 1997, both released by New Line Cinema. The first film was released on August 18th, 1995, grossed $23 million on its first weekend. And despite mixed reviews from critics, Mortal Kombat became a financial success, eventually grossing approximately $70 million in the U.S. and $122 million worldwide. The film was uh, also gained a cult following amongst fans of the video game series, and its success launched the Hollywood career of Paul W.S. Anderson. Which also From... means he has not upgraded his entire career after months to months. No, he just does video game movies, and it makes me happy, though. He So if you don't know, Paul W.S. Anderson did all of the Resident Evil movies. 
all of them. That doesn't help his and Monster case. Hunter, which was awful. It was trash, but the Toho monsters were great. Anyway, I respect a man who play who sticks with what he loves, and that is his wife. Like I, I, like you you say, I like how you say what he loves, not what he does best. Even the one time he boot branches out of video game adaptations with the three musketeers, he put his wife in it and gave yep. her a badass action sequence. So this whole, what I now. mean, you need to find if you were listening to this audiences. Find somebody who loves you as much as Paul W.S. Anderson loves Mila Jovovich because they will put you at the center of everything that they do. But you have to promise to make them as much money as, as Mila makes him because she's what chocolate? makes those movies. Want some chocolate? No, Matt. Okay, you're not going to bring up that. Monster Hunter's bad. Don't watch it. If you listen to our Monster Hunter episode, you know. Um, and then you have Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which was directed by John R. Leonetti. The film received poor reception by critics and fans. It grossed $36 million in the U.S., $51 million worldwide. That happened. That destroyed his career? Oh, I've never heard of that man, so probably. Uh, this is where we bring in the Rotten Tomatoes girl scores. Mortal Kombat 1995 is sitting at a 43% Rotten. 57% audience score. Um, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation is 2%. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Where's that person that liked that movie? I need uh, to find that 2% person. 2% out of 43 reviews and 25% on the audience score rating. Uh, yeah. So the good news is 43% for Rotten Tomatoes, which I've talked about before on the show, is about that number in that range of like, yeah, I bet this could be like probably garbage that people likes. Uh, so John Neekum from the Lawrence Journal World uh, gave it a three out of five, saying a guilty pleasure more entertaining than the original. We don't like that guy. I, I... That was the one person who liked it. Yeah, I'm going to just leave that alone. <laughs> In 2015, James Wan signed on, to signed on to the project to produce a new film of Mortal Kombat, saying he would not rush it, with Simon McQuaid hired as director in 2016 and Greg Russo on script. On script. In 2019, Russo announced the script was complete. Three months later, the film had entered pre-production, and would be shot in South Australia later in the year, partly funded by uh, via the South Australian Film Corporation. The planned release was January 15th, 2021, but it was postponed until April 23rd due to COVID. In July 2019, Joe Taslim was casted as Sub-Zero, and if you don't know him, he's from The Night Comes for Us and Warrior, and he's a badass, and he's great. Um, and the following month, Ludi Lin, uh, Makad Brooks, uh, Tadanobu Asano, Cece Stringer, Jessica uh, McNamee, and Josh Lawson were cast as Liu Kang, Jax, Raiden Molina, Sonya Blade, and Kano, respectively. Later in the month, it was announced that Chin Han was cast as Shang Tsung, Hiroki Sonata was cast as Scorpion, and Louis Tan was cast in an undisclosed role. Um, Jackie Chan stunt team member Max Huang was announced to play Kung Lao in the film on September of September of 2019, and it was announced that shooting began, uh, that that was when shooting had begun. It is now coming out this week, which is exciting. And I just want to know how excited everybody else is. And I'm gonna lead it by saying Lewis Tan released a clip of him actually getting his ass beat and beating some ass in an MMA the fight. One, we still don't know what character he plays, correct? 
And two, Johnny Cage is not in this movie, correct? No, he's not. It makes me sad. Don Claude Van Damme still in great shape. We can go full circle with this. I'm disappointed. <laughs> now. Um, but no, so I'm actually really excited um, because everybody on the team from writers, producers, the director, and all of the actors said that what was most important to them was making sure that they had people who understood the action. And so like Lewis Tan posted a scene where he's actually fighting he's taking legitimate hits so a lot of the one the one-on-ones that uses that don't use cgi are genuine fights which is just really exciting from a perspective of like somebody who loves action films well tan's gonna be johnny cage isn't he <gasps> he's gonna nut punch some people <laughs> okay okay uh i'm relatively excited i watched a trailer uh, for the movie because I didn't know if I wanted to go see it like opening week or like the week it comes out or just give it some time but it looks cool man Sub, Sub-Zero did the blood the blood spear thing or like blood icicle knife thing like what like what else do you blood need shank. yeah just sign me up from there after that I was like all right I'm good I'm good that's all that's all I needed I think someone posted like a a gif of it like once what, the first trailer dropped and I was like all right sign me up dude this is gonna be fun Gonna be I, threw my, I threw my wallet at the screen after I saw the first trailer. <laughs> I, should tell, I should tell you how much excited I am for it. But I genuinely love the passion that the creative team is saying because I don't think you can fake passion. When you're really into making something, it shows, and it shows a lot on their end. And uh, Joe Talsum and Sub-Zero just sounds... Apparently, he was too fast for the cameras to capture. And the only other person that has been recorded for is Bruce Lee. So that should alone should give you a level of how good into it this guy is. And I can't this is also where I say everybody go watch Warrior. It's also an HBO Max. Joe Teslim is on there as well. It is dope. It is it is one of my favorite shows in existence. So the problem we're gonna run into is I'm probably gonna end up cheering for I'm assuming Sub Zero and yeah, the you bad are. people. And I'm gonna be rooting for Sub Zero is the main time. villain of exactly. the Doesn't game. everybody root for Sub Zero anyway though? I know. And so oh, like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm hundred percent rooting for Sub Zero. Yeah, yeah, so like <laughs> Earthworm, you're gonna die because I'm rooting against you. Yeah. Two seconds into him, like I love I love Jax, dude, but two seconds into him seeing his arms getting ripped off, I'm like, all right, yeah, sign me up. You're good. I'm, I'm on your side, bud. I don't, I don't know what these people did to you, but they, they're going to pay. They're going to pay. And uh, uh, it is already in the wild with a Rotten Tomato score of 62. I also don't know. I mean, it's on their Wikipedia page. Is that, that much of a spoiler, I guess? Uh, Johnny Cage is like an uncredited uncredited thing on here. So I don't hold out hope that Lewis Tan is going to be Johnny Cage. Mm. I just think he's like legit just not going to be a part of the movie. That makes me sad. No, I honestly don't. I think he's not going to be part of the movie, but they're going to end the movie it only with John Claude Van Damme playing hot. him. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, Dane Reese as Johnny Cage, uncredited. I don't no. even know who that guy is or okay. what that what means. What the hell is Dane Reese? I have no idea. I Googled it and came up with like 14 different people who could be. Also, right you know what? I'm proud of you, Ludi Lynn. Ludi Lynn deserves his flowers. He's really good. He, he was really good in Power Rangers. I loved him in Power Rangers. He did such a great job. I also just realized we have to bring CJ back for a Power Rangers episode. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, I don't know what the story is going to be. I really don't care. But like, like Kate said, as long as the fight scenes and people are getting killed brutally, that's all I really need out of the movie. So if the story is good, that's just like a plus for me yeah. personally. Apparently, it's going to be an hour and forty-three minutes. Perfect. Perfect. Like you don't need any longer. <laughs> that's than that. that's we've, fine. That's fine. We've talked about that as long as times. you get like as long as you get glorious ultra violence and characters who you know stand out in some way whether it be gimmick or development i saw sonia blade use her thighs and that's all i care about they kept it i love it i'm so excited nice um i know i'm supposed to hate it but i love it i don't care uh the they also have animated movies so an animated prequel to the 1995 mortal kombat film titled mortal kombat the journey begins was released direct to video the same year that the live action film came out and in 2020 a standalone animated film mortal kombat Legends: scorpion's revenge was released on digital and direct to video it has a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes and it I'm looks gonna- it looks fantastic, but it just kind of came out like this digital release, like didn't say much because it was all through COVID. And then something that we, I think we had all planned to like watch and do. And then between delays and everything, they just kind of threw it out there and didn't tell anybody. CJ gave it an eight out of 10 saying that Mortal Kombat legend Scorpion's Revenge is an extremely violent love letter to one of the most popular video game franchises on the planet. Yep. It's really good. If you like the 1995 movie or if you're a fan of the video games, there's something for you in this movie. Um, I didn't put it on here, but there are additional um, television things like there was a television animated series and then there was like a television live action, which was a thing. Um, And then there's also been comic books. So a number of Mortal Kombat comic books. We're based on the video game series, including the official Mortal Kombat 1 and Mortal Kombat 2 comic books created by Tobias and advertised in the attract modes on early versions of the first two games. In 94, Malibu Comics launched a licensed Mortal Comic, a Mortal Kombat comic series spawning two six issue series blood and thunder and battle wave along with several mini series and one shot specials dedicated to specific characters until the publication ended in 95 two more comics were also made as tie-ins with the mortal Kombat 4 and mortal Kombat versus the dc universe and a mini series titled blood ties was published prior to the release of mortal Kombat. X. So the only other thing outside of video game company dying is comic book company dying that we always talk about too. Yes. Assuming Malibu comic does not exist. No. Okay. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, but Warner Brothers owns DC. So there's a Batman Fortnite comic book now. So I don't see why we wouldn't get a dedicated Mortal Kombat comic book at all of this. They actually did publish a tie-in series to Mortal Kombat 10. So I could definitely see, depending on how the movie goes, or yeah. in the future, more Mortal Kombat being a comic book. So yeah. And I'm assuming you will review them. Is this a preemptive yes. dibs? Yes, this is a preemptive dibs. <laughs> uh, there are also novels. Jo- uh, Jeff Revan penned uh, a novelization of the first Mortal Kombat game, which was published in 1995 in order to coincide with the release of the movie, though the novel did not follow the movie's plot at all. Novelizations of, bo- novelizations of both Mortal Kombat movies were written by Martin Del Rio and Jerome Preisler. A paperback novel was written by C. Dean Anderson entitled Mortal Kombat Reptiles World, which was released in 1996. And then you have music. It's a comic theme, Techno Syndrome, incorporating the Mortal Kombat 
Yell was first shown in Mortal Kombat commercial for Home Systems and was first released in 1983 as a single and was also used as a theme in the Mortal Kombat film series. Each movie had their own soundtracks, including the hit and award-winning compilation for the album Mortal Kombat Original Motion Picture Soundtrack, and had a second video game, Mortal Kombat 2, music from the arcade game soundtrack. The uh, the 2011 video game saw the release of Mortal Kombat songs inspired by the Warriors, a new soundtrack album featuring electronic music by various artists. There is not a musical, but there is a stage show. A stage show titled Mortal Kombat Live Tour was launched at the end of 1995 and expanded into 1996 and featured Mortal Kombat characters and a theatrical display on stage. Yeah, I didn't expect for there to be a musical, but also kind of did expect for there to be a musical given the soundtrack and like, I don't know. I'm just glad that there's some some stage play or something. And it's not like the Power Rangers one where it's just like some dudes in a Walmart or in a mall like fighting each other. Oh my God. Walmart parking lot. Yeah. I was surprised to know that there was an entry called Online Gambling Game. So Mortal Kombat Federation of Martial Arts was Threshold Entertainment's answer to the restrictions of the franchise involving the midway game Mortal Kombat. The challenge was to create a game that successfully promoted the video game without competing against it. The answer was that they developed what they developed was to use stock market investing game model attached to an active online community to generate interests. The community discussion built every week, leading to a big fight that would play out in installments over the weekend. This allowed players to essentially bet on their favorites by purchasing more stock prior to a fight and then hoping that their stock would go up in battle if the player won. During the course of the week, we would they would write a lot of background story with hints about who might win and who might go up in value because of their association with the winner. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm a big advocate of gambling. That uh, is hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. Then there's also the, there's a CCG. Uh, so Brady Games produced the collectible card game, Mortal Kombat card game, but with a K uh, so in 1996. Score Entertainment's 2005 CCG Epic Battles was also used, also used some of the Mortal Kombat characters. Um, And then finally, you have esports. Fighting games have been a popular genre for esports tournaments since the late 90s, both arcade and console. Um, Mortal Kombat has its place in some of the world's biggest fighting game tournaments, including Evo and Combo Breaker, as well as many local and online tournaments around the world. Since the 2011 Mortal Kombat game was released, the game has been one of the most popular games at these events between 2014 and 2017 the game was mostly absent from tournament scene due to netherrealm studios being focused on their injustice series as their top priority mortal kombat games returned to combo breaker in 2018 the current top player in all of mortal kombat is sonic fox uh, and he's made over 600k in tournament winnings alone from the game but the pots for mortal kombat in all fighting games are considerably smaller than most esports events which is a few things a fun things of one sony now owns evo which still makes no sense to me and it's weird because i don't know why how that's going to work out um two the still funny thing is like that 13 year old won like over a million dollars just playing fortnite tournament compared to sonic fox playing all these tournaments which is hilarious when you think about it also sad wow yeah, yeah and, I, and I looked i looked into it a little bit i think this is probably the 
the only other place to, to put this. But from what I was saying, um, Mortal Kombat isn't the hardest to master. I think that that is what all these people are, are saying, because you can button mash in all the other games. But the the ceiling to be like really, really good in like Street Fighter or Tekken is uh much higher than mortal Kombat. that makes sense uh, okay because i mean if you're a button masher if sonic if you play against sonic fox i'm pretty sure he's still going to destroy you <laughs> i don't know he has to give up he's been giving up joker lately because he doesn't like him anymore yeah so I, I think i think that's that's what it is but hey man he's making something i mean yes yeah we talked about like in our in our um smash brothers episode but just fighting games they're just not as good they're just dying that is all I have for Mortal Kombat. Um, this was a long, long notes, a lot of history. Um, I'm, I mean, I guess we can just go around final thoughts um, and I'll just get mine out of the way. I'm just excited where Mortal Kombat's going. I am so excited to see a video game film taken as seriously and bringing it to life for the new Mortal Kombat movie because I do feel like, the first Mortal Kombat movie in 95 did that as well. I feel like when you get video game movies, a lot of the time they shy away from a lot of like the crazy stuff that the games themselves has <clears throat> Tomb Raider. Um, and I'm excited to see it just really embraced in this movie. And I hope it's done well because I hope that we get more. I, I like video game live actions. Like they have all sucked, but they have the potential to be good. And I think it's because I've seen so many really good anime at live actions that I'm like, they can be good if you get the right people working on them and doing it. Um, so that's what I'm really excited for. And obviously just seeing the cast excitement. I, I want more Mortal Kombat that I don't have to play. So that, that works for me. Matt? Yeah, obviously I'm excited about the movie. Is it's going to be interested? Um, obviously I'm going to be sad because I know my favorite characters are not going to make it, supposedly, allegedly. Also, um, I'm a little like I was a little interested and in kind of because of the whole thing of like I at this point bring John Claude Van Damme at the end, come full circle to, for Johnny Cage, and we're good. Because I was that was the one thing that did throw me out. I'm excited about all the cast and everything, but it did throw me off that like Johnny Cage, which is you know. Whether you like it or not, one of the most popular and probably built the franchise was not in this movie um, and stuff. But it is going to be interesting to Sir see. Sir Scorpion and Sub Zero built the franchise. Well, they true. just they just I mean, started with Johnny Cage and then brought in people that were even like better in their nondescript color swapped ninja clothing <laughs> to correct. build the franchise. <laughs> anyways point being of it should be interesting to see where we go depending on the success of this movie um i do think people are i, I don't see how this movie can go bad per se but it we'll see what we get if we're gonna get more um and whatnot hey but like i looked up jean-claude van damme in 2021 man's still built that's what i said have him come back come full circle like he's still jacked for like 80 uh, shh. I'm with it. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I feel like if you dressed him up like John Cage, I'd thirst over him. I, I, I can't. He's like 75, but he's jacked. I can't. He'd probably so, kick all of our asses. It's not like you need very much acting chops for Johnny Cage anyway. Just exactly. Just be exactly nail it. Be an asshole. Think a lot of yourself. Do the splits and nut punch. 
Yeah. yeah. Literally, John Claude Van can do that till he <laughs> Exactly. That is John Claude Van Damme. Uh, I mean, for me, I I have pretty fond memories of like playing the the games themselves, especially once they're on like the next gen consoles and things like that. Um, and I mean, I haven't played Mortal Kombat 11, but I'm pretty sure if I picked it up, I I could probably pick it up because they haven't really changed the move sets too much since the um the next gen console games, at least for my uh opinion, which I, which I think is cool. So if I go if you go to your friend's house who has Mortal Kombat 11, you can probably pick up the move sets pretty easy. Um, Excited for the movie. I, I think it's really hard I, these days to do a bad video game movie, but Monster Hunter exists. So I think it's kind of hard to say that, you know, I think the bar is just really low. So as long as they have good killings and action done well, like you're you're going to make you're going to make money even in, in this economy with the pandemic and stuff. So uh, excited for the franchise. I enjoy it more than I would than I enjoy like Street Fighter or Sword Calibur or Tekken when it comes to like their universe of like their lore and stuff because they i do i do enjoy the story modes bring back conquest because i have fond memories of making my own fighter and fighting uh fighting you know getting trained by luke kang and everybody so i cycle super excited for this movie i i really like what i've seen so far and uh i really feel like there's something like the passion that the people have put into it is very palpable so at the very least, I'm expecting something that will definitely, you know, appeal to what I love about the franchise. And I hope it gets sequels because there are like a lot of fighters I would love to see. And as for the video games, I do hope that uh, we get more Mortal Kombat video games and possibly other stuff like more comics or an anime. Mortal Kombat lands itself, would lend itself well to anime. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's just I love this franchise so much and hope it continues in some form, in all another, forms, another whether question. that be movies, video games, comics, whatever. But yeah, I do have a question for you, CJ. Um, yes. so I guess as a person who's an avid player of the games and stuff, do you, would you rather, I guess, how do you would you rather have like Mortal Kombat because we're on 11, would you rather see like a Mortal Kombat like 12 or would you rather them keep just adding new characters and like I guess adding, I don't even know how you add content really to video game outside of characters. So I guess they that's pretty what, much added like a lot of characters at this point. I, I don't know if there's going to be any anymore, but yeah, I would hope that 12 is in the works. Okay, because I didn't know what the longevity should be of a fighter game. That's what's always intrigued me now that we are games that like are supposed to have longevity of sorts. Yeah, they yeah. pretty much added like pretty much every character you can think of. They have Rambo in there. They have uh, Robocop, Spawn, the Terminator, just pretty much everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. 12 is the next move. For awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on, CJ, and joining us to talk all about Mortal Kombat. Well, definitely. Happy um, to, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks Love for coming it. on. Uh, why don't you tell everybody listening where they can find you on the internet, maybe where they can listen to your own podcast? Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I, also, I, I write, I am a writer for But Why Though? the website and i also host my own podcast into sparkcast where me and my co-host suara talk everything spider-man comics video games etc and we talk about all the different people not just peter parker who have been bitten by a radioactive spider and 
how and our hosts different incarnate and our toast different connection with these spider people across the things and we hit our 30th episode discussing spider-man's crossover with invincible who also has his own animated series and yeah it was pretty awesome so we hit 30 episodes which is crazy to think about <laughs> that's twice I as long as the average on the podcast internet. Right? i am on twitter at cj writes things on instagram at cj writes stuff and you can also find my other written work at Comic Book Resources. Just look up Collier Jennings CBR on Google and you'll see all my work there. You are all over the internet. You are a busy, busy man. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I really am. But it's fun. I enjoy my, I have enjoyed myself, so. It's all that matters. Um, also, if you are listening to this, uh, it is Wednesday. We're going to be watching Mortal Kombat, the 1995 version, in our Discord at discord.gg slash buttwido slash B-U-T-W-H-Y-T-H-O. And we will also be having a watch party for the brand new Mortal Kombat movie on Friday. So jump in the Discord, get involved in the conversation, talk with us. Um, and you can find us on all of our socials at PC. And if you like us, and you want to help us a little bit more, head over to patreon.com slash why the PC. And you can find me on Twitter at oh my Mithrandir, um, where I'm probably going to be talking about hot Mortal Kombat characters for like the foreseeable future. Uh, Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at superruz93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. Matt? Kate, get over here. It's time for dinner. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>